0: Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you as always for making this a part of your morning routine. If you haven't done so already, drop a like, subscribe if you're new and sit back, relax and enjoy the next half an hour of catching up on what's going on in the world of Arsenal and discussing of course with you guys in the live chat box as to some of your questions about what's going on. Uh, right now you know as uh as we are in the gunners world of football um let's uh let's say good morning of course to our fantastic chatbots matt g good morning to you rich good morning to you colin afsar blackshine uh akmal vivian uh, stevie martin uh blackshine Carl, Morgie, manu lars bram percy steven um elder boazza on james red star clincy dave anthony kaiser good morning to uh, so everybody else as well joining us in the chat box too. Thank you, as always, uh, for making this part of your morning routines with your cuppa, with, your, uh, with of course, uh, what you've got with your cereal. I, I tell you what, people have sent me some random messages where they're like telling me the things they do whilst they watch the 8 a.m. show. Some people have some weird... Some people are still eating cookie crisp. It's a genuine thing. Like, there are other cereals available, of course, but who on earth is is eating that for breakfast? Who wants cookies? for breakfast. You absolute mad, mad people. Anyway, uh, let's get on with today's news and topics. First of all, of course, uh, the Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast returns in its full strength. We're back up to full strength after Sophie and Owen's absence from last week. We recorded a show last night talking about the review of the transfer window uh, and talking about whether or not uh, us missing out on our priority targets Is a problem, Um, so you'll be able to watch that at midday today, which is obviously uh, around again lunchtime. So you get a show with your breakfast, you get a show uh, with your uh, with your lunch. You could not ask for more from TGT. Uh, The eighteen eighty six banner is now up at the Emirates Stadium, looking rather fine. If I do say so myself, I think there is something to be said about massive font that kind of stands out. Um, and uh, and yeah, I think you can't say uh, anything less than that. it looks great. I think it's, it's looking fantastic. I think the stadium is looking so much more vibrant and modern and uh, it stands out. So yeah, really, really good work. Those behind all of the placards that have been going up around the Emirates Stadium. Uh, Gabriel Jesus hinted that his return is nearing uh, with him posting a picture of him wearing his boots outside. He's uh, working hopefully more with the ball outside. And the closer you get to, you know, full fitness and a return to football, you do start to do all your work outside. So that's a really good sign for Gabriel Jesus. The expectation has always been kind of February, March. I was kind of told more March, but if he is ahead of schedule, that's obviously going to be really, really good indeed for the Gunners. Albert Sambi-Laconga has been speaking about his move to Crystal Palace, talking about, Uh, his conversations with Patrick Vieira. Um, And it's unsurprising, of course, uh, to see someone reference uh, someone like uh, Vieira and the reasons as to why Um, he has decided to join Crystal Palace on a season-long loan. Um, He was also asked about the famous atmosphere at Crystal Palace. He says, I can't forget that. I need to mention that the fans are always pushing the team and it's good to play at home. And we know that the fans are behind you. I will try to be myself. I will try to bring the ball forward and I will try to make the job easy for my partners. I'm looking forward to connecting with the players in the space behind the defence. And I want to be myself and bring something new to the team, which they don't have. I can't wait to meet the Palace fans and hopefully you'll be behind us. You'll be behind us for the rest of the season. Uh, Indeed, Lekonga has done. Uh, I I think it's a good move for him. You know, I have my question marks around the reasons as to why we let him go. Uh, I think it's left us a little bit thin. Um, But uh, Sammy Lekonga, indeed, now I think he's happier or confident. And hopefully we see an improvement. He will be included, of course, in our lone roundup show, which I'm going to be doing next week that's when the Lone Roundup show will be because I kind of wanted to give a week of fixtures so that we can introduce our brand new um, loan Roundup experts uh, to have a week of football even if it's just one game that they've played to introduce their feelings about the players signing for their clubs on loan so that you guys can get some insight so uh, we'll be uh, getting some brand new influencers on the channel talking about their players uh, that have joined from Arsenal on loan for the rest of the season. Now, Arsenal's B team is looking pretty darn strong. I put a tweet up yesterday looking at kind of the players that are, uh, at the moment, what we would describe as the second string. And yes, you'll be surprised maybe that Gabriel Jesus features in this list. But if we're being very honest, Eddie Nketiah has done exceptionally well and deserves a place in the Arsenal first team. This team can be made up of Turner, Tomiyasu, Holding, Kivior, Tierney, Jorginho, Smith-Rowe, Fabio Vieira, Nelson, Trossard and Gabriel Jesus. Uh, It's an incredibly strong B-side, but we're never going to see this team play. I think we all know that. But what it does tell us is the options that we've got from the bench. And you can only have nine players on your bench. So at least two of these people, not including Turner, of course. Well, I suppose including Turner, but he's not going to miss out because the backup goalkeeper two of these players are going to miss out every single week. Now, at the moment, that's obviously Nelson and Gabriel Jesus. They're the players that are going to miss out at this moment in time because they're injured. But when Nelson and Gabriel Jesus return, somebody on this list is not going to be on the bench. And potentially two of them, if he wants to include Nelson, I imagine Nelson might be the one that falls. But when Gabriel Jesus returns, you've got to decide to leave somebody out of this group of players. It'd be interesting to think who you would leave out. I suppose people might suggest Rob Holding because you've got Kivio, you've got Tom Yasu. Maybe it makes the most sense to leave him out. But uh, very interesting to see who is going to not be picked for the team if indeed Jesus does return soon. Uh, Now, Nuno Tavares uh, had an amazing run that led to one of Marseille's two goals in their 2-0 win over Nantes. Uh, If you haven't yet been able to catch the video of, uh, of his run, it was particularly impressive. It was actually rather an inverted run, um, if you like, because uh, he managed to run inside, turn the players inside out, play a brilliant through ball through. And uh, I think it was the non-defender that ended up poking it through his own goalkeeper. But uh, if you haven't yet managed to see If you haven't yet managed to see Tavares, um, make sure that you do because he has done really, really well this season. Of course, we'll also feature in our loan roundup next week. But the main star of, of course, Liga right now is following Balogun. Uh, He scored a hat-trick in in Marseille (laughs) in Rennes' 4-2 victory over Lorient um, and done really, really well with the three goals. You know, we've seen some strange hat-tricks down the years. I remember there's a really famous one by Onuachu, the genk striker that was kind of laughed at. Um, But if you are able to catch a hat-trick and if you haven't watched it already, you just can find the highlights on YouTube or someone sharing the goals on on Twitter. They are three really good finishes. The penalty is really well taken and confidently struck. But the third goal, the third goal is something, you know, uh, the the, the ball over the top, the left-footed finish. You can't help but think Van Persie when you see that type of finish. Uh, you know against Everton that goal that he scored didn't go off the post this one but uh, it's the left-footed kind of half volley that he smashes underneath the goalkeeper a brilliant brilliant finish that now takes him to I think 14 goals for the season which makes him the Liga top scorer and he's overtaken Kylian Mbappe and Lionel Messi uh, in the Liga scoring charts for Ons. not for PSG he's playing for Ons this season which is Amazing achievement for him. And I'll tell you what, Mikel Arteta has got a hell of of a decision to make when it comes to following Balogun uh, and how he might reintegrate him back into the team next season. Uh, now Kalum Hudson-Odoi is supposedly being attracted by Arsenal, this is called the Jacob Steinberg of the Guardian who claim that Chelsea are willing to let him leave and that Arsenal are one of the teams that are interested in potentially making a move for the England international Kalum uh, Hudson-Odoi will of course be out of favour when he returns to Chelsea in the summer after they've signed the likes of Mahilo Mudrik, Noni Madueke and they've still got plenty of other wide players including Amari Hutchinson whose loan move fell apart on deadline day supposedly, he was meant to move to West Brom on loan um, but that lone move fell apart and uh, a lot of Arsenal fans have been very quick to point out uh, how regretful uh, Amari Hutchinson may be about that switch to the Blues. Our headline story of the day is the Athletic have claimed that Arsenal and Brighton's relationship has, quote, soured and that engagement between the clubs will become less regular because Brighton are frustrated. And there's, I think we can assume some anger inside the club regarding the process behind Arsenal's bidding for Caicedo. Now, I reported this story yesterday, sourcing the information from The Athletic. And I'll tell you what, I was stunned. I was stunned at some of the responses I got to this tweet. I get that it's an article that's not the most positive, you know, and it's certainly just highlighting a story that's been reported elsewhere. And that is my job. Um, (laughs) i tell you what, I was getting battered in the responses. People saying that it's not true. Why would I write this? Like that this is just assumptions. There's no source, even though I had sourced the athletics article, uh, article in the actual piece that I wrote. Um, I really get that people are defensive about Arsenal. I understand that. I'm defensive about Arsenal, but yeah, I, I have to say, if I got a I got a taste of what the Arsenal fan base can do in some senses to uh, what I know plenty of Brighton reporters have suffered uh, and Arsenal reporters have suffered. Uh, over the uh over the transfer window because I know for a fact speaking to some of my colleagues who do cover Brighton um they've received untold abuse um by the coverage of the uh Caicedo situation and all they did was report the facts <laughs> unfortunately now it may be that Arsenal fans don't like the facts uh that Brighton didn't want to sell that it didn't matter how much Arsenal bid they weren't going to sell they could have bid hundred million maybe more and they wouldn't have sold. But Arsenal fans didn't like that. And so some reverted and resulted in abusing other journalists. And I received my own taste of that medicine yesterday, which was a real shame, a real shame. And uh, I encourage those, if you are listening, uh, that did respond to that tweet to read back your responses. And maybe think mm, that wasn't the best idea because it wasn't nice. Trust me, it was not a great day yesterday. I did not have the best of days at all. And the responses to that story certainly didn't help. Um, but uh, in my view on this story, uh, I'm not surprised that Brighton's um, perception of this has um, has frustrated them. Because if you think about it, they told Arsenal he wasn't for sale at any price at this stage in the window. Who knows what would happen if we'd have gone in earlier in the window and given them time to to move a player on. Who knows? Could have been very different. We don't know and we won't know. But uh, they told them no. And ultimately, this situation has unsettled Kaiseido. And of course, there is a situation with his agents that has become uh, really poor as well. But uh, yeah, Brighton handled the situation. I think they dealt with it as well as they could. They gave him time off until after the window closed and uh, and pushed forward. So they are annoyed that Arsenal didn't get the hint. Supposedly, they're annoyed that uh, the situation kind of just didn't end, even though they warned Arsenal off of the player. And despite the good relationship between us and the club from our deals for both Trossard and Ben Wyatt, uh, it's reportedly, according to the very well connected sources, I should add, at the Athletic, um, it is indeed has supposedly soured. Doesn't mean it's not recoverable. Hopefully, it will be recoverable in the future. This is football. This is business. Hopefully, things can improve and change. But for the moment, the clubs aren't on the best of terms. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's it. Like, I mean, I can already see at the moment, like people in the chat box are like, who cares? Like, why does it matter? Like, uh, <laughs> it, people are very, very defensive of the club. And I get that. I really get that. And as you know, I have been very defensive of Arsenal. But we were told the player weren't for sale. And we kept going. It's unsettled him. And it meant that they didn't have him. And who knows what it might do for the rest of their season and what it might do for Caicedo's performance the rest of the season we should have taken that answer as gospel. You know, if we're told the player is categorically not for sale at any price, and you've bid already significantly over the player's value. I can't understand why there would be uh, frustration there. Okay, let's go to part two and your questions right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Lovely stuff. Uh, Let's go to part two and hear what you're saying. Um, Thank you. I've seen a couple of you leave some kind comments. I appreciate that. Look, I I don't want to sound like um, I'm begging for attention or something like that. It's not about that. It's just that yesterday was rubbish like genuinely so bad i've got other stuff going on which i'll talk about actually on the eat sleep arsenal repeat podcast which you'll hear later like i'm not able to get out and exercise at the moment because of uh having a small operation so i'm not in the best of kind of headspaces either and so when <laughs> when you write an article which sources information and you're just giving your own view of it and then you're the one getting abuse online i, I dread to think what it was like for those Brighton reporters that again were just doing their job and reporting on stories. Do I agree with some of the coverage and how it was put across? No, not entirely. Um but the 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 bottom line is none of what was said deserved the abuse that people were suffering after being after just reporting. On the situation, so uh, there you go, uh, Rio. Thank you so much for becoming a brand new member of the channel. Really appreciate the kind of supports uh, that you're showing, and uh, welcome to the TGT family. Let's take some of your questions. Uh, Amira says, "Is Tavares our mystery winger? Also random, but anyone else miss the pink kits? We've not worn it in a long, long time. When was the last time we actually wore our third kit? I'm thinking hard. Was it Bournemouth? I know we wore it at Bournemouth. Well, I'm sure we did." But beyond that, I can't remember the last time we wore the pink kit. If you think about it, it, pink's a pretty close color to red. And so whenever we could wear the pink kit, we can probably wear the home kit. And that makes it harder to to wear um, because you, you're trying to justify not wearing the home kit. Usually they wear like the third kit because of um, uh, because obviously it's, it's a commercial thing. You know, it's advertising it in a way by wearing it. But I don't think we've worn it since Bournemouth um and then before that you're going into the into the pre-season i think we've only worn it once all did we wear it at palace that we might have did we wear it at palace i think we might have worn it at palace as well but yeah we have not worn that kit at all this season really two games is all i can remember so there you go Um, Rich says, Tom, I'm pretty happy with Jorginho, if I'm correct. El Neni's contract is up at the end of the season. And Jorginho is an upgrade from him. Fairly happy. 12 million for 18 months. Can't complain. El Neni's contract is up. but We do have an option. And there are suggestions that we might actually activate that option in his contract. Ours is nothing wrong with having extra depth. But I just hope that extending El Neni's contract does not affect us signing a quality player in the summer. I hope so. He is a very valued member of the team and certainly his influence is a big, big part of the unity within the squad. And Arteta really values those types of characters in the team. But it's still a lot of money to to be paying a player that's not necessarily playing all that often. Um... Let's go to Gunagang, who says uh, Andy Naylor wasn't doing his job when he was winding up the Arsenal fans and enjoying the Arsenal social media hype. Uh, I've spoken to Andy Naylor. um, I, you know, I think that Andy is a very, very well connected. He's been in the job a very, very long time and uh, did his job reporting on the story. Um, I know that his tweets wound up a few people. I'm not going to say that they didn't wind up a few people, but it did not justify. response it did not justify some of the people that tweeted what they tweeted him and others as well um so yeah nothing justifies that you know i'm not going to say that i wasn't you know i wasn't even i wasn't wound up by some of the things i read across lots of different pages over the course of the uh, the january transit window but it doesn't mean that i thought yeah you know what i'm going to do i'm going to go and call this guy loads of nasty names you know, and telling this and telling that. I mean, why do you care that much? I, I don't get why people would get sucked into it and have that much care about it, that they would have to then make themselves look like an awful person for the things that they say. I don't get it. Um... Let's go to Derek who says, Tom, how far off realistically is Gabby uh, and will he feel like a new signing? Uh realistically, I think you can expect a month plus still for him. I, I think it'll be March when we get him back. I hope I'm wrong and he's back earlier, of course, but I think it's probably a month. Um he'll feel like a new signing because Nketiah has basically replaced him seamlessly. Like we've not necessarily missed Jesus. In terms of results, um, maybe we could have done with him against City or against um, uh, against Newcastle, maybe. But I think Nketi has done a great, great job. A really, really great job. Uh, Lewis, as I read the article on The Athletic, uh, reading between the lines, it seems the perception of Arsenal were the bullies and no one likes a bully. Though if we want one of their players, a humble approach may see us buy from them again in the future. Look, relationships are there to be repaired. You know, I say this in life, you know, if you fall out with people, people fall out with people all the time. I don't do like falling out with people, it's not nice. But if there's willingness on both sides and it's for the benefit of both sides, there is definitely scope to repair those relationships. So don't you worry. I'm sure that we'll be back and negotiating and doing business with Brighton in the future. Um, Lynn says, Tom, Brighton, I thought, was prepared to sell after they won against Liverpool. And I thought every time we got their asking price, they put up. They put it up by another ten mil. Uh, Lynn, I would give you a word of warning that the reports surrounding, you know, the price tag, people saying they want this amount of money, they want this amount of money. I don't think there was all that much truth in those. To be honest, um, I think this may be part of being leaked by. And I don't know this for a fact, I don't take it as gospel, but you can see this type of thing being leaked, maybe by the players' side, um, more so to kind of encourage Arsenal to keep bidding, if you know what I mean. I don't think it ever came out from Brighton at any stage what they would have accepted for him because their stance was that he was not for sale. And it was as simple as that. Uh, Lee says, do you think that Caicedo will suffer serious abuse on his Brighton return? Or do you think they'll forgive and forget? I hope they forgive and forget. You know, Brighton are aside going for European football this season. People are going to be annoyed at Brighton. People aren't going to particularly want Brighton to succeed from an Arsenal side. I get that. I don't particularly care. You know, I think it'd be an amazing achievement if they get European football. And to be honest, I, I only have respect for their stance on the whole Caicedo situation. Why should they have to sell? Why should they, as some, people have, as some people have said, know their place in the football? Why should they? Why on earth should they have to do that? You know, I, I respect the fact that they didn't want to sell. I respect the fact that they've kept hold of him and that they're going to push for European football. Because if I was a Brighton fan, I would have been gutted to keep on losing our players. I'd be so angry losing players. We've been there as Arsenal fans, Fabregas, Nasri, Van Persie, because we were viewed as a side that weren't competing anymore. And these players wanted to go off to the cities and the Man United, not only for the money, as we described, It wasn't just for the money. It was to win stuff because we weren't winning stuff. And Brighton are in a situation where they're building towards being a team that they want to try and win stuff. They want to try and progress as much as they can. How can you do that if you keep letting your players go? So fair play to them for keeping hold of him. I would have loved to see him at Arsenal. Weren't to be. Arsenal should have got the message and probably done business elsewhere sooner. And we can only look at ourselves for that. Uh, Ben says, uh, question, if you had to choose next year between Eddie and Balogun, who's worth more on the market? Um... I think they're worth pretty similar. You know, Eddie's now on a long-term contract and doing it in the Premier League. And so he's going to be worth a very, very significant amount of money. Balogun doing it in what we would describe as a league that is not as competitive or, maybe competitive is not the right word, you know, doesn't provide strikers or forwards with as much of a challenge as what the Premier League level defenders will provide them with. But you still got to score the goals and he's doing fantastically well. uh, And he's going to be worth a serious amount of money as well. I can't see both staying. I think Eddie will be the one that stays, and that might annoy a few people. I don't really know why, because Eddie's done really, really well. But Balogun uh, is a sellable asset for Arsenal, along with a number of other players in the squad. And Arsenal will have to move players on. It's just the way things work. Uh, If you're at the top, you have to move players on, because there isn't a place for them in the squad that's very, very competitive indeed. Uh, Nuances of fate says, tell me the wisdom of buying Callum Hudson-Odoi um depth uh, that's really all i've got I, I wouldn't say that he's my choice uh i think i'd look elsewhere uh, in terms of options i think he's on a lot of money in terms of wages i don't think that makes too much sense for us to go in and make him their signing and and sign him for that amount it's mad it is mad uh how much money chelsea put him on so early but uh yeah <laughs> it is what it is i i don't really want to see us to go for him But, of course, that is what the Guardian are suggesting, uh, that Arsenal are indeed involved in him. Um, Aditya says, what are your thoughts on the upcoming game? Can we see Jorginho playing? Um, We are going to be doing tonight, I'm pretty sure tonight, our preview of the Everton game. It is Thursday, right? Yeah. So I'm going to be putting a message out into the Discord server. We're going to be doing our preview show 6 p.m. tonight on that. So do indeed uh, tune in for that. I'll tell you my thoughts on the upcoming game in the preview show. So do indeed keep your alarm set for 6pm UK time. Um, Sammy says, Tom, you have to keep one of Eddie and Baller next season. Why and who? Um, I keep Eddie because he's the one that's proving it in the Premier League. Uh, it's as simple as that. You know, he's the one that's proving it in the Premier League. He's also on a longer term contract as well. Um, so you're protecting in that sense. Sell Balligan now um over the over eddie because his, his contract has two years left on it you'll be able to get a huge significant fee um that's that's the route i would go down in a perfect world we would try and integrate them both and try and get the best of both but it's very hard to see us being able to do that i know people say that we need three strikers but being able to try and keep three strikers happy is really is really tricky um Harvey says, uh, hi, Tom, uh, makes me think of all the talk about Tillemans was all junk. How close he came to our club, blah, blah, blah. Jorginho is a good signing and might work as a James Milner color signing for us. Harvey. I mean, I said back in the summer, and um, what I, what I heard and what I reported was that Arsenal were willing to wait until January to sign him on a free. Now, That was in the summer and a lot changes in a year. So it doesn't mean that Arsenal will indeed do that. But the reason why we didn't go for him in the summer is because the asking price of Leicester was said to be too high for a player with that length of contract and in that situation. And again, come round to January, Tielemans apparently wanted to also wait until the summer to move on a free. Whether or not we end up being the club that he joins, we'll have to wait and see. But it was always my understanding as I reported in the summer that Tielemans was one for the summer And as I understood it, Edu was prepared to wait to sign him on a free, if indeed we are still interested at that point during that period of the year. So let's see what happens regarding Tielemans. Sam says, Tom, why does it seem that always Arsenal that gets this massive backlash? I don't hear this about other Premier League clubs. Two things on this. One, um, Arsenal is the club we support. And so therefore, psychologically, we have kind of this perception of Arsenal because we're so ingrained, focused and uh, kind of blinkered to Arsenal that maybe we don't necessarily see what's going on around it with other clubs. However, I think that Michael Richards makes a really good assessment of this when he made that comment on Sky where he said, when it's Arsenal, everyone's hands are up in the air, everyone's talking about it because it's Arsenal. You know what I mean? So there is, I think, a bit of truth to it, but there's also, I think, a psychological element also. But uh, I don't know why it's always Arsenal uh historically we're not a very well liked club um there are a lot of clubs like that of course but arsenal have historically been not particularly well liked outside of those that support them really so um that probably feeds into it and we're underdogs and we've got a manager that people want to pick on a young coach a young squad people don't really want to see teams succeed where they can't really understand why they're succeeding they want to be proved right you never win anything with kids I remember that. So, yeah, I think that's probably some of the reasons as to why. Um, Rio says, hi, Tom, watching and welcome to the TGT family, uh, watching the B team charts, you showed. Uh, this is the first time I felt no reluctance if any one of them are playing on the pitch. Finally. Yeah, it's a great feeling um, to have a bench that looks really well stocked with quality. And that, you know, you could exchange one or two players in this starting eleven, and you shouldn't see necessarily too much of a drop in the team, whether you're swapping out White for Tommy Asu or Gabriel for Kivior or Partey for Jorginho, but probably to a lesser extent, uh, Odegaard for Vieira, uh, Nketiah for Gabriel Jesus. You know, we're in a, a trossard for Gabriel Martinelli. You know, you're if you're swapping out one or two players here and there, I do genuinely feel as though that we would be able to compete. And I think Arteta, is, that's the thing about the end of this season. And we talk a little bit about this on the Eat Sleep Arsenal repeat pod that's going to be going out later. But it's important to remember that Arteta has never rotated successfully. What I mean by that is that if you think about all of our Premier League games under Arteta, Arteta has always, 99 times out of 100, played our strongest team. Every single time. He's never had to learn to rotate players. And that is something that he still needs to learn. And he will have to learn as we go and try to become a team that is at the top. You know the, the famous fantasy football curse of Pep Brulette, Man City are the most successful team in the recent past of the Premier League because Pep has a brilliant squad that he can rotate, make changes week on week, game by game, and the quality doesn't drop. He rotates effectively, he rotates efficiently, and Arteta has never had to do that because he just starts his best team in every game, in every Premier League fixture at least, not necessarily in the Cups and the Europa League, but every game he plays the best team. And so that is something that he is going to have to learn to rotate one or two players, to keep some fresh, to keep players happy, to keep the team competitive and and humble. That's what we're going to need. And uh, I look forward to seeing if he can achieve that and then whether he can do that. That's going to be really, really big for Arteta and a big challenge for him as well. Um, Let's go to Dan. He says, hi, Tom. Can I shock you uh, when we had Henri and Kanu and Wiltor and Suka, uh, not forgetting Bergkamp, also a forward all-in-one team. So why can't Balogun be a third striker? Uh, it's a good point. We had a lot of players, a lot of forwards. Um, and obviously, quickly, we got rid of them. Because if you remember the invincible season, we mo- we'd we moved on, Souka, obviously, by that point. Uh, we moved on Kanu by that point. And uh, Wiltor was kind of, he departed, I think, in the uh, at the end of the summer window, just before the season started. He played in the first couple of games, didn't he? Um, and then moved on. And then it was Henri and Bergkamp. And there was a little bit of depth behind them. But uh, beyond that, we suddenly kind of shaved that down. So it's not in the club's interest to have that many forwards. It's just not. It's just not in the club's interest to have that. We had Ali, Ali Adier, I think, was, was there at the time. Was he not? Or was that slightly after? But um, usually you have the young players coming through. So... Yeah, that's that's where we were uh, in terms of uh, in terms of the league, in terms of the squad. But you're right; we had a lot of players, and we brought in uh, Reyes in January. I think Van Persie joined. Did he join the year? Did he join in 2004? Let me check that. Uh, it's really testing my Arsenal memory at the moment. Let's go back. Uh, Van Persie joined Arsenal in 2004, so he joined uh, the the summer after the Invincibles season, um, and You know, then all of a sudden we had another striker. So, and you had Ali Adier as well. So, yes, you could argue that Thierry Henry was there and Van Persie was there and Ali Adair was there. And we had three strikers. But Arsenal obviously were competing across, well, four competitions. And the hope is that Arsenal will be able to do that. But you've got to keep them happy. You know, you've got to keep them happy. And keeping Balogun happy after scoring 14 goals so far, you know, he's on for a 28-goal season at the moment. You know, you've got to keep that guy happy and play him. How are we going to do that? Is he going to want to be able to be rotated? Is he going to want to have to fight for his place in the Arsenal team? We'll have to wait and see. We will have to wait and see. Aditya says, Tom, any update on Smith-Rowe? Uh, nothing specific. We'll hear from Mikel Arteta on Friday um, tomorrow. So we should hopefully get an update on smith Uh We were we were told that it was minor. Uh, a minor injury it shouldn't be too serious hopefully he'll be back soon and you know it's it's n- it's not surprising after a long period out as he has had that then he has a little minor problem that's very very common it happens all the time after you suffer those injuries it's not related to that injury in the sense of it's not in the same area but what it is, it's unrelated in the sense, that's what it, that's what I mean, it's unrelated in the sense that it's not the same part of your body, it's not injured his groin, it's a thigh issue, but because he had a serious injury elsewhere and now he's coming back, it's very normal to get another injury elsewhere in the body because they've been overcompensating at times for the areas that are weaker. So yes, uh, that's the latest on Smith Rowe. But as I say, hopefully we'll get a tomorrow. Well, tomorrow we'll get a uh, an update on him. Uh, Thank you everybody that's tuned into this morning's show. Much appreciate the kind support. Still over a thousand of you, well over a thousand of you listening, uh, which is amazing considering that the window has now closed and you're still willing to make this part of your daily routines it means so much do drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already please do subscribe to the channel as we help our way towards 45000 subs i'll be back uh two more times for you today you'll be having a uh show at midday and you'll be having a show at 6pm there won't be an 8am show tomorrow uh i'll put out now which sucks because you know i really don't want to lose our momentum that we keep building forwards Um, but there won't be an 8 a.m. show because the press conference tomorrow is at 9 30 a.m. and I've got to get there. Um, so there's no way that I can do an 8 a.m. show. I was tempted to release the Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast tomorrow at eight. I might do that. That might be the way forwards because so you have some content and we're already doing two shows today. So I am tempted to do the show, uh, the Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat show at eight. In fact, I might do that. Um, that might be a better idea so we spread content other than having three shows today. So yes, that's what we'll do. We'll do the uh we'll do the uh eat, sleep, arsenal repeat pod. We'll be out tomorrow at eight so that you've got some morning content. Um and there will be a premiere. So there'll be a live chat, so you guys can still chat in the uh in the chat box. Uh, Tomorrow morning at eight. But yeah, sorry, no normal live show tomorrow morning because I'm traveling to the presser. Um, But hopefully, we get some really good insight from Arteta, of course, in the press conference tomorrow uh, on a lot of things. I've got a number of things I want to ask him. So uh, let's see. Uh, Let's see what happens. Uh, Thank you guys uh, for tuning in. It's been an absolute pleasure, as always. uh, I will speak to you this evening, 6 pm. And of course, I'll join you uh, at some point on the Arsenal way, although not. Not today, you don't have a ten AM show for me today, but uh, yes, six PM UK time tonight. Have a fantastic Thursday, and as always, I'll be awesome. It's the ninety plus minute. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.